Welcome to Cybercast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm your host, Anastasia Obis. We're live at AUSA Annual Meeting and Exposition. I'm speaking with Lieutenant General John Morrison, Deputy Chief of Staff, G6 of the United States Army. Lieutenant General Morrison helps lead cyber and IT initiatives at U.S. Army. Today, we'll discuss the Army's rollout of Bring Your Own Device program, Army's new Google Workspace partnership with ECMA, and how DevSecOps and AI are crucial to the Army's modern efforts. Lieutenant General, thank you so much for joining us today. Lieutenant General Morrison, um, you began rolling out the Army's Bring Your Own Device program this week. What's your number one goal for this rollout, and how does this build on the Army's digital transformation strategy? Yeah, so I'm going to give you a couple goals that we're trying to achieve here. I mean, so first off, it's always about improving the user experience, but doing so securely. So this is the first implementation of Bring Your Own Device uh, in the DoD. It's taken us a while to get here because we have baked in cybersecurity to everything that we're doing. But what we really want to do is, is this a way that we can provide a capability to our soldiers and civilians where they can leverage their own personal device instead of carrying around two devices? Now, the, we do, there's always an economic piece we want to take a look at as well. And that is if we can provide this capability on somebody's personal device, do they really need to carry a second government-furnished device. We'll we'll worry about that later. Right now, what we're really assessing is how do users like it, what are they using it for, and then most importantly, are we providing this capability in a secure means? Right. Um, What were the lessons learned from the program's pilot, and how are you applying it to this new rollout? So we... (laughs) What we learned from the initial rollout was, one, it was a very effective capability that had almost an immediate operational impact, especially with our National Guard partners. As you know, a year ago when we first did the pilot, uh, there was a lot of things happening in our nation from COVID response to you name it. Second off is we have had uh, multiple external agencies really do cybersecurity testing of this capability. Every report comes back of this is one of the most secure instantiations that they have seen out there. And so the ability to support operations, that usability from a user perspective, a capability that they like to use, and then having that security wrapper around it, all three of those we have rolled over into uh, this next instantiation of the pilot, which is far broader than what we did the first time. First portion of it that we did last year, maybe a 1,000 folks, maybe a little bit more. This time we plan on scaling it up to about 20,000 users across our Army. Going off of that, I'm curious, what types of cybersecurity concerns are associated with the program, uh, with mobile security in general, and how do you plan to mitigate them? Well, cybersecurity has got to be first and foremost in everything that we're doing. We, We have a threat that out there, whether it's a cyber criminal to a nation state that is continuously evolving. So we really have sort of inside our army flipped the paradigm on how we look at the problem. Instead of cybersecurity being something we bolt on at the end, that's really not a good way to approach it, we bake it in on the front end. With bring your own device, that's exactly what we've done. And the technical instantiation is while there's an application that resides on your phone, none of the data does. 
it's still all resonant in the cloud with the appropriate defensive cyber watch over the top of it. And when you log out, all that information is in the cloud. It never touches the personal device. And so as we were executing the pilot, making sure that we specifically tested that component of it to make sure that what was advertised was what was actually being delivered what was really key to what we were moving forward on. And just one more question regarding that. Does Zero Trust play a role in securing the data access on the Army's personal device? A absolutely, because it's not on the personal device. The data is all in the cloud. You're merely visualizing it on a personal device. And because we're able to centralize it that way, we're able to really put the appropriate cybersecurity and defensive overwatch onto uh, the data that we have there. And so I, I, I do have to reemphasize, while you're looking at it on a personal device, the data is never on your personal device. So a user doesn't need to worry about if there's a compromise or something along that line that they might lose their personal phone because the data was never there. The data resides in the cloud. You're merely visualizing it. And if I may, I'm sorry, because I keep saying visualize. You're able to visualize and conduct your day-to-day -day operations. I have done Teams chats. I've done phone calls. I've done emails. You're able to do your full suite of business things. You're just doing it in the cloud, much like the commercial sector. Right, right. Um, how will the Army's new Google Workspace partnership coordinate with ECMA to provide cloud-based solutions to Army personnel? So we're executing the pilot now. Uh, our Google partners have actually worked with ECMA to build out a cloud instantiation of uh, Google Workspace at the impact level four level, which means you're still able to do controlled unclassified information. So that part of it's done. Where we're at now is actually executing a pilot to see where it fits in our Army's future. And I do have to emphasize that it is a pilot. Uh, it's a fairly robust pilot. Uh, but as of about two weeks ago, all new accessions coming into the Army, we were issuing uh, Google Workspace accounts to include email so that that's what they just start on and then will eventually populate most of the training base. Mm -hmm. So how is DevSecOps building the structural foundations uh, needed to mobilize next generation Army capabilities for uh, JED-C2? I would frame it just a little bit differently. We're laying the foundations to do DevSecOps. Uh, we're, we're not there yet, so it's really not enabling anything. There's many institutional legacy uh, procedures and policies that we need to adjust as we move forward. But the foundation is being put in place, and we are being very targeted in where we're trying to apply that model. Uh, we're supporting operations with the 18th Airborne Corps, and we're leveraging it so we can learn and figure out what do we need to change so we can scale it across the broader part of the Army. We're going to put that same framework into place with our first core and our multi-domain task force that are oriented on the Indo-PACOM region. So again, we're being targeted. We're going to put specific use cases in place, really get commander-driven DevSecOps, because doing something from a technological perspective is mildly interesting. It's really the operational effect that we're after. And then we'll bring those lessons back in, work with Army Futures Command, and then see how we can scale it across the broader Army.
And just one last question. Do you see AI playing a role in sharpening information dominance for JADC2? I think it is an inherent part of our journey. We are not there yet. I mean, but driving towards being data-centric with data at the foundation of how a commander can make a decision at speed faster than their adversary in decision dominance, underpinned by AI, so analysts don't have to weed through mountains and mountains of data, is, is central to the path that we're on. If we're going to achieve JADC2, and the Army always adds a C in front of it for coalition, it's got to be underpinned by data centricity, which leads you to the outcome of uh, AI, which will only then enable operations. Again, it's all about decision dominance. Can a commander make a decision faster than his adversary and then take action and then assess? AI is going to be central to all that. Right. And just one more question. Um, could you speak a little bit about the workforce if you're having uh, workforce challenges filling the roles? So I, talent management is going to be central to everything that we're doing. Uh, do we have the requisite skill sets to be completely data-centric, enable AI, enable machine learning, do we have that core in our army at the uh, scale that we need? We don't yet. Uh, I would tell you most of industry doesn't either. It is something that is emerging at a very fast clip. We're going to have to build that capacity. But we're going to have to think different about it as well. It can't just be internal capacity. We're going to have to think differently about how we leverage relationships with academia, how we leverage uh, relationships with industry so that we can bring all of this to bear in support of our nation. Because we all have the same talent management challenges in trying to get the talent on our teams. And it's a very, very tight competitive market. But if we all work together and we think a little bit differently about how we, we do things, we can enable not only our Army, but we can move national objectives forward uh, in a more efficient manner as well. Right. Lieutenant General, thank you so much for your time. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a review and listen to more at govciomedia.com. Cybercast, along with GovCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com. 